Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry skies, see your hand in time, in mind to lead me through the night. Birthdays. Some people love birthdays. Some people loathe birthdays. Some folks just nonchalantly watch birthdays pass by. In the United States, actually, middle-class households didn't commonly celebrate birthdays until the late 1800s, 1860s to 1880s. Prior to that, the only folks who celebrated birthdays were very wealthy people or national heroes. For instance, George Washington's birthday was celebrated prior to that time. Some Some believe that recognizing birthdays began to take place about the same time that there was increased availability and dependability of clocks. More homes, more places had more clocks that kept more accurate time. That's about the same time period that folks started paying attention to birthdays. It was also about that period of time when the educational system found that uh, we want to separate different maturities and teach them according to their maturity. And so they separated grades by age. And when that started happening, then more households started paying more attention to the ages of their children, and there were increasingly more celebrations of birthdays. Now, the way, the way we celebrate birthdays comes from a little bit of here and a little bit of there, which is typically American, right? Cake, for instance, celebration of cake. Well, that could likely be traced back to an ancient Roman holiday, Roman birthdays. Though, when you look back in the United States in the early celebrations of birthdays, there weren't as many cakes Because at that time, the ingredients for cakes and the ability to bake them required more money, more finance. So people would celebrate birthdays with fruit instead. All the health-conscious people say amen. Those were the days. What about candles on the cakes and candles to celebrate birthdays? Well, that may have come from the Greeks. They offered these moon-shaped cakes to the goddess Artemis as a tribute, a lunar goddess. And to create the radiance of the moon and her perceived beauty, the Greeks would light candles on the cake for a glowing effect. Around that same time that the United States was kind of getting into birthdays, the late 1800s, the same kind of celebrations were happening in Germany focused on children. They called them kinderfests. And kinder starting, or st- standing for children. It involved birthday cakes and candles. And the children would get one candle on the cake for each year they'd be alive, which is pretty familiar to what we do today. But then they would add one candle to their existing birthday, wishing them more celebrations like that one. What about gifts for birthdays? Well, that's, that's not an ancient tradition. That's... Western consumerism. That's why we started adding gifts 
to birthdays later on. It was again in the late 1800s, 1893, that Patrick, Patty Hill and Mildred Hill, they wrote a song they called Good Morning to All. And Good Morning to All was designed as a song that students would sing at the beginning of their school day. And it caught on. They started singing it around the nation in schools to start their school day, Good Morning to All. As it caught on, then there was a man by the name of Robert Coleman, and he published a songbook in 1924. Now, the thing is, the first song as it was written had many variations that it went across the country. And by the time Coleman put it into his songbook in 1924, the extra lyrics were more predominant than the first lyrics, and you might have guessed that's the song we call Happy Birthday to You began as good morning to all. Again, not everyone's excited for these kinds of celebrations. Some people marking another year of their life, they don't get all that jazzed about cake and candles and gifts and singing. And for some, that birthday might be a little anxiety provoking because you think I've become a certain age and what should I have accomplished by now or become by now? And looking around at those of peers and similar age, maybe I'm not uh, where they are in same comparison, and some people succumb to those comparisons and find them troubling. But many people today see birthdays as a chance to gather with friends and family and to celebrate good things. It was about the fourth century that Christians began to celebrate the birthday of Jesus as the holiday we know as Christmas. About the fourth century, Christians initiated that. Since then, the celebration has saturated our world. Today, there are 195 countries around the world. Of those, more than 90% celebrate Christmas in some fashion. 90% percent of countries around the world celebrate Christmas in some fashion. There's only 18 countries that do not observe Christmas in any way, and of those 18, there are government systems or government-backed religions that directly oppose Christianity. In one such country, a public celebration of Christmas can be punished by up to five years in prison or $20,000 fine, or both. That's a costly Christmas tree in your front yard if you choose to celebrate there. Though Christmas isn't celebrated in this small percentage of countries, it doesn't necessarily mean that its citizens there are not aware of Christmas and the birth of Jesus. It seems to me pretty evident that Jesus' birthday enjoys a worldwide saturation and recognition. The birth of Jesus, seen, known, understood, recognized, whether or not you're a Christian or follow Christ, there's an awareness around the world. And it causes me to think of all the wonderful and gifted and successful and impacting and important humans that are living or have ever lived, who else has a birthday that's as recognized as Christ? Why is that? 
Why is his birthday so significant for so many? What's the difference about his birthday? We're not gathering today to celebrate his physical development, that he's another year older or that he's taller or heavier than he used to be. We don't celebrate his mental progress, his sentence structure is good, or he's getting good grades in school. That's not why we come together. What's different about Jesus? I personally enjoy the uniqueness of Jesus that's captured in the lyrics of what may well be a familiar song. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that he would come to make you new, that the child that you delivered would soon deliver you? Did you know your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Did you know he would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know your baby boy walked where angels trod? And when you kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God, Mary, did you know? That culmination to me, the recognition and understanding of what Jesus became as his life unfolded before Mary's eyes, who he was, what he came to accomplish became more and more apparent to her and to those around him and impacted by him. Remembering Jesus' birthday to Mary and it is the same to us. It's far more than recognizing the passage of time or some typical developmental landmarks. More than he can count to ten now. More than he says prayer before his meals. More than now he's riding a camel. Or now he's working in the carpentry shop with dad. Those aren't the things we're celebrating this day, this time of year. We celebrate Jesus because he fulfilled divine purpose. We celebrate because his very birth was special. Isaiah prophesied, it's recorded in chapter 9 and verse 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. An angel visited Mary and gave her the information that would help her along. In Luke 1.30, the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name. We shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And the angel replied to her further in verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one is to be born will be called the son of of God. We, we celebrate this birthday because Jesus' birth 
kicked off the New Testament. New revelation arrived when that baby came into this world. New opportunity became available for all. So we celebrate his divine birth that fulfilled a divine plan. That's why his birthday is different. Jesus' new life, cradled in the arms of his parents, this incredible potential and promise. They saw the boy not just as you and I look at little ones. Sure, they saw the physical promise and thought about his future, thought about his life in this world and providing for him. But they also had these words of the prophets and of the angelic visit about the promise in his life. But we further celebrate Jesus not just because of his promise, but because of his practice. He wasn't just a child with potential. He's a child who fulfilled that potential. By Jesus' own description in Matthew 5 and verse 17, he told his disciples, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Jesus made it clear, I came to accomplish the purpose of God's law. Jesus lived in his mission. In John chapter 12 and verse 46, again, Jesus' own words, I have come. As a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Jesus had a mission. He knew his mission. He lived in that mission. In John 18, Jesus replies back and forth with Pilate. Pilate says, are you a king then? Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause... I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus understood. I, I got a reason for living. I have a reason for existing. And I am living in that purpose and in that mission. John 10.10, again the words of Christ, the thief does not come to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He had a purpose for his existence. He is different than so others around the world. Mark, he said, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up. He went out to an isolated place to pray. And later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking to you. And look at verse 38. After a prayer meeting, this is what Jesus had to say. We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I 
came, as he, as he brought his flesh into subjection to the Spirit of God that he was, he recognized, I've got a purpose, and i got a mission, and there's something I've got to accomplish. I've got to tell my neighbors about Jesus Christ. I've got to go into another town and tell them about my purpose and my mission and my existence. You celebrate him. Not because he was just a child of promise. That's a great start. But he was a person of practice. And we celebrate him today because his mission continues. His mission continues. Isaiah 9 and 6 once again. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Look at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establishment with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. His kingdom, his government, his throne will be ordered and established with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The word government has jumped out to me from that passage. Government. When we think about Jesus coming, how many of us, when's the last time we got all excited? Yeah, he's bringing government. I'm looking forward to Jesus and his government. But in these places, that's what's highlighted. Before it says he'll bring his peace, it says he'll bring his government. And if it's peace increasing forever, it increases through his government. Government is defined many ways, broad definition, but just a, a, an overview. Government's authority that sets rules for a society. Government helps its members relate to one another and to others in an orderly fashion. Government is to keep these things running smoothly, securely, and peacefully. That's what government is and even some reasons why government exists. And around our world... Countries follow different forms of government and to varying degrees of success. No human government's perfect. But beyond imperfect, we even know that some governments fail and some are simply harmful. But here's the thing. Imperfect structure and function here on earth does not eliminate the value and benefit of government. Any folks, anyone hearing me today, you've got a poor experience with government or a, a bad opinion of government, I, I would just offer, we've got to be careful not to apply those opinions of government to Jesus' government. 
Because fundamental to his mission is government. Jesus came to provide structure and function that would benefit individuals and benefit the whole of society. He, he brings these things as a benefit for all. Jesus knew who he was and what he was to accomplish. Look at Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came, spoke to the disciples saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on on earth. Jesus understood his mission. He knew his authority and he put it to work. In fact, he is putting it to work because since his birth, his influence and his impact have continued to increase. And we have a promise by Isaiah, that increase will never end. That influence will never come to an end. Isaiah said, from that time forward, even forever, there will be no end. And so to recognize Jesus' birthday is to celebrate what Jesus has already done. It's to celebrate what he's doing today and to celebrate he will do it forever. From this time forward, he's working for the benefit of those who would respond to him. He's active, helping humanity that will hear his call. His interest is in each and every person around the globe. His mission is to saturate and to bless every nation nation and people. Why is this birthday special? Because the mission of Jesus continues on to this very day. He continues his work toward you and I. Would you stand with me right now? What we know and enjoy exists because he was born in Bethlehem. His birthday is like no other birthday. Jesus is mission incarnate. And I'm going to invite everybody right now, the extent of your understanding and appreciation of Jesus Christ, would you just begin to thank Him right now for His goodness? Would you thank Him for fulfilling His mission? Would you thank Him for coming and visiting in this world? Would you thank Him for being born in a lowly manger? Would you thank Him for His reaching into our lives and into our families, into our situations? That's awesome. Just take a moment right now to express your appreciation. Take a moment to express why He matters and what He means. Jesus, you are amazing and awesome, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for what we know and understand and appreciate from the truth of your scriptures, from the words that you shared and that are extended even into our lives today. Lord, you are awesome. Hallelujah, Lord. You are awesome and amazing, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And for those few reasons and really many more. For those reasons, this birthday matters more than any other birthday. This birthday matters more than any other. Amen. Amen. 
It's a pleasure and opportunity to be able to gather together on this day and to worship together with you. Throughout the rest of this day, I, I pray that you continue to have on your mind how important this is. More than the things that we have allowed this to become, some good, some not as good. More than that, the reason we gather is his purpose and mission in us and in this world. Amen. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of the series, or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. Oh